Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Ben has the day off, but we're glad to say that John Shipman is back. Fine uh, Sunbury businessman. Uh, Is it safe to say you're 100% retired? Does that ever happen in your life? No, it's not quite. Not not quite true. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, my father's who's 100. Even he has flood policies in insurance business, if you want to talk about that. So, all right. Yeah, John Shipman is here. Great businessman. Uh, he pops up at some conservative meetings, but he is a natural-born listener and a real scholar of the globe and things that are going on and uh, a monitor of the trends that are happening in the world, some of which are good and some of which uh, are pretty concerning. Rob Center is our fabulous producer. He's on the other side of the glass, so we always appreciate his help and hard work. And uh, we have a special guest today who's going to stay for 90 minutes. Uh, rare that that happens, but State Senator Gene Yaw is back. He was here about a month ago, and we talked for 20 minutes about an hour-long topic, and that was Reggie as it relates to natural gas in Pennsylvania and energy and uh, Pennsylvania's place in the energy globe, and just wasn't enough. So we're going to readdress a few moments of that, but uh, then we're going to open up the phone. So we are billing this as an open hall town hall opportunity for folks to talk to their state senator in the 23rd district. He's the state senator in the 23rd district, hails from Loyal Sock. He's chair of the Senate. State Senate Environmental Resources and Energy Committee. So he's right at the heart of things that relate to, to the environment, natural gas, and Reggie, and uh, really a lot of important discussions that are happening in Pennsylvania. So first, we'll welcome you aboard. Thank you so much for coming in. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Glad to be here. Sure. Could have been about a 40-minute drive today, so probably closer to an hour today. Something. It was at least an hour. It was an adventure today. Okay. Well, good. Thank you for persevering. And after I got here, I found out I took the right route to get here because Route 15 is closed. Oh, it, it, it just reopened. We just no. got the emails from PennDOT when I was in the newsroom. So, yeah, up on the top of the mountain, that was closed. So, yeah, going into the higher elevations on a day like today, you're wise to pick the lowlands, I think. That's probably true. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line will be open, 1-800-795-9565. Again, we do want listeners to contact Senator Yo with a question. We will ask that when you do get on the air, you just ask your question, and uh, and then we'll get as many opinions and uh, declarations and remarks as we can from the senator. You can email those questions to onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Well, we had a 30-second conversation before we went on the air, and Lawrence's worthless observation that uh, the world's energy markets are like a water balloon. If you push in the Ukrainian-Russian side, Pennsylvania pops out on the other side. 
it had a molecule of truth to it? Uh, it absolutely does. And uh, I mean, what's going on in the Ukraine uh, in large part relates to energy. And we've all heard, or most of the people have heard about the, uh, the Nord Stream 2 uh, gas pipeline that uh, goes from Russia and uh, Germany is dependent on it for natural gas. And uh, quite honestly, Russia is using energy uh, which is the overall topic uh, as a weapon. And if you control energy, you can control everything. You can control the food supply, you control the economy and the environment. I, I mean, it all relates to that that one thing. And I think that uh, that's uh, what's going on. Uh, now, I know that uh, many people don't like to hear what about President Trump, but President Trump uh, years ago told Germany that uh, your reliance and buying into accepting natural gas from Germany was a mistake. And so, but Germany went ahead. Uh, the result was they uh, basically closed down all their nuclear power plants, coal-fired power plants, and now it, it's like a drug addiction. They're now addicted to uh, natural gas from uh, Russia. So, I, I mean, I think that, you know, and what I hear uh, from my position as the Environmental Resources and Energy Chair, uh, every time I hear the president going to, well, we're going to go to Saudi Arabia and get them to increase their production and everything. It's like, I want to raise my hand and say, why don't you come to Pennsylvania? We have it right here. We can be an international player, and I think, in fact, we are an international player. We just don't recognize it. Well, John, I want you to elaborate and respond to what the senator is talking about. I absolutely agree. Not just Germany. There are 10 uh, European countries that are dependent on Russian gas and oil, gas in particular, for, in some cases, over 90 percent of their of their energy sources. And uh, it has become a weapon. Uh, I really think Mr. Putin, would, and I think he's been pretty clear, would like to reestablish the old Soviet Union. And I think there are some other countries, if Ukraine falls, there are some other countries that are in deep trouble and, and uh, you know, it's all right for the United States to sit back and say we're not going to get involved. But, you, you know, you can't do that. Uh, we, we, the British proved that and the French proved that in World War II. Uh, you can't sit back and let somebody like Putin go. Eventually, you're going to have to face it. What should we do in Pennsylvania? Let's suppose we wish to be this bulge in the water balloon that's needed at this time. What do we got to do? Well, unfortunately, uh, Pennsylvania has been limited, or the administration, we, we just have not promoted what we can do, what the natural resources that we have here in Pennsylvania. We, we can produce more gas. Uh, the latest numbers I saw, uh, I think we're second only to Texas in the gas production. And these numbers probably are a little bit off, but I, my recollection is that Texas produced like 7.9 trillion cubic feet of gas last year. Pennsylvania produced uh, somewhere around 7.4. Uh, seven five. We are really pushing Texas. The problem is we could produce more, but we don't have the pipelines and we don't have the infrastructure to get it to market. And, you know, the, we talk about this all the time. One of the most ridiculous things that I think has gone on in the United States is the fact that we cannot get a pipeline to send our gas to New England. 
So New England is buying LNG, liquefied natural gas, comes into a terminal, and much of that comes from, guess where? Russia. Now, is there something wrong with this picture, or am I just not attuned to what's going on? We have natural gas 200 miles from Boston, and we can't get it there. And they're paying, I read an article the other day that they're paying the equivalent for natural, for uh, uh, their energy production, natural gas, the equivalent of $180 per barrel of oil. When you convert everything to uh, BTUs, which is the only way you can't say a gallon of this equals so many cubic feet, but when it's converted, in here in Pennsylvania, our energy is about $33 a barrel. So, I, I mean, it's like, hello, we can help each other, but we don't do it. What do we have to turn our back on? Do we have to really make sure these imminent domain cases go through? Do we really have to say, well, the environment's going to have to suffer a little setback here? What do we lose <laughs> if we participate? You know, that's a good question. And here's, maybe this is being overly simplistic in, on my part, but you've heard me talk about this before. For societies to really be uh, resilient and to survive, you need three things. You need energy, number one. With energy, you can build an economy. And with an economy, then you can deal with the environment. And what the environmentalists don't understand is that the economy is the key to this thing. If you're worried about, am I going to eat today? Or wh where's my next meal coming from? What's going to happen to my family? Do you really care about what's happening with the environment, or should you? I, I you know, I, I, I think that that's that's where a lot of these uh, uh, third world countries are. They they're trying to develop an economy, but yet how are they doing it? Uh, I mean, you can't get to that next step. We're fortunate here in the United States. We have had a pretty good economy. We've dealt with the environment. Now it seems like we're we're bypassing the economy. We're going to go. Directly Directly, we're going to deal with the environment. We don't care about the economy. You cannot do that. I have said this for years. You know, economics and environment are not mutually exclusive terms, and they can't be. They have to be interdependent. And we have to, I mean, wake up and realize there's a lot of things that we could do. We should be doing environmentally. I, I mean, I. It, it, sometimes when I think about the plastics in the ocean that we're we're yeah. deliberately putting there, it, it, why are we not dealing with things like that? So I think that to some extent we have to take a look at, at you know be realistic about it. We cannot have everything clean and green, frankly. Pennsylvania, and, and I'd, I'd like to point out the senator talked about pipelines. Pipelines are the cleanest, safest way to get petroleum products from the well to the market. Um, a, a super tanker coming from Saudi Arabia <laughs> burns 5,000 5, gallons of fuel oil an hour, takes 40 hours, 200,000 gallons round trip of fuel oil just to get the tanker here and back. So number two, uh, the tanker has all kind of uh, risk at sea. Um, but we can produce it here and send it through pipelines, and it's the cleanest and safest way to do it, and yet our federal government mm -hmm. is hammering pipelines, shutting pipelines down, uh, 
refusing to allow new pipelines to be built and even trying to shut down existing pipelines. This is a crime. I will say, Senator, you all comes into our studios as somebody who is an outdoorsman. He does hunt, and I know that... Uh, do you get much time to fish anymore? I haven't seen you doing too much angling. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, okay. it takes too much time, and right. I was never very good at it to start with. Okay. Well, I have seen you... 20 years ago, we saw you in one of the pictures where the trout stocking was, and you candidly admitted that you were there not only to participate and monitor the Fish Commission, but to know where the trout were. So that, <laughs> that is why a lot of us volunteer. We've all been there. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We are on energy at the moment, and it makes perfect sense to do that. Uh, Senator Yaw has right in his backyard one of the strongest environmental groups in the Valley, and that is the uh, uh, the, the folks that, uh, now their name just popped right out of my head, the Alliance for Responsible Drilling yes. Alliance. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, boy, where do they find out that I forgot their name. Yeah, but, and I had to give it to you. Right. I know. Thank you. He gave it up. <laughs> Gave it up. Right. So, but uh, we are going to take a break. And uh, and you do have remarks and dialogue and conversation with them on a regular basis. And I think we should say what, you know, how, how you address that. So we're going to give you that chance. If folks have a question, we'll stick with energy for the moment. And uh, then we'll do 100% open phones on any topic. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. And you can text. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. One of our listeners did send us a note. It says climate change, blah, blah, blah. So, okay. So, you know where the rest of that email is headed. You can turn that monitor on. You can actually see the email right there, uh, uh, Gene. All right. We'll take a quick break. Our sponsor, the Sunbury Motor Company. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Hi, everybody. Steve Jones, Joe DeLeon on FCS Draft Possibilities. Today, 3 to 5 News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM, State Senator Gene Yaw, our special guest today, John Shipman's our co-host, uh, and, of course, Rob Sander, the fabulous producer, putting in a long week this week with a lot of new equipment surrounding him. And he's got a few owner's manuals out. Just leave it at that. He's looking at those. One of our good listeners sends a note, says, Good morning, the United States. States has been blessed from God with our own oil and gas. Why do we buy from foreign countries? Here's the surprise to me. Most people agree. They don't mind buying it from other countries. They blame drilling, climate change, etc. Blah, blah, blah. And the others have no clue. The governor is their God. They want handouts, their voices. I need, I need, I need. Give me everything. They are weak. Wake up. 
common sense. It's a lost cause. It's like talking to the wind, says one of our listeners. What do you say to folks that uh, talk to you about important climate topics or uh, uh, environmental safety or the Responsible Drilling Alliance? What, what, do, what do you say to those folks? Uh, you know, we only have an hour and a half, you said. Uh, we could talk about that for like a week. Uh, uh, l- let me, uh, a couple of things. Uh, climate change, uh, I, it's there. It's been going on for a million years, and I, the one example, I spent a lot of time in the Finger Lakes of New York. Uh, the, the About 20,000 years ago, that was uh, uh, made when the glaciers were receding. The last evidence of ice in that area was 11,000 years ago. So, you know, unless the Indians or the Native Americans that were there were really uh, doing a lot of uh, polluting, uh, it, it's natural. It's going to happen. Uh, so I, I think that we need to learn to live with it. Uh, I don't think that we're, we're, we're not going to stop climate change. I don't care what we do. We can be good stewards, though, and we are so not doing that, not being good stewards of the land, and I think that that's, uh, you know, it's one of the things I look at farmers, and people talk about farmers. Well, they're the people who... They rely on the land and what to do. Uh, I mentioned before about the uh, uh, the plastics in the ocean. Uh, we could we should be dealing with that, and and I don't know why we don't. We haven't figured out a way to do it. I guess uh, in here in Pennsylvania we have abandoned gas wells that were. 75, 100 years ago, they were drilled. We didn't have an, any environmental controls over them. They were abandoned. DEP doesn't even know how many we have. We There are estimates somewhere it could be 50,000, it could be 100,000 of these holes that are leaking methane. And methane is one of the worst greenhouse gases out there. So why aren't we we're concentrating on that? Um, the uh, uh, Biden administration has allocated, supposedly Pennsylvania is going to get $400 million to close these abandoned wells, uh, $40 million a year. I have a letter in to the secretary of DEP asking, okay, you've been closing maybe 10 or 15 every year. How are you going to deal with $40 million worth of money to close these wells? And even at $100,000 a piece, that's what, 400 wells. You're going to cl- How are you going to do that? What, what, what's the status of it? How are we going to deal with that? I, and, I, and I talk to people and, and try to be realistic with them and say, uh, you can't have any cleaner green energy projects of any kind without fossil fuel. I don't care what it is. And I've raised that issue for several years now, and I have yet to have anybody you know, tell me how that can happen. Yeah. People just ignore it. So when we talk about fossil fuel as being this evil, well, with that evil, I mean, I look around this room that we're in, and, and without fossil fuel, it would not exist. We wouldn't have electricity. We wouldn't have anything. And, you know, we couldn't even build windmills or solar panels without fossil fuel. So you have to look at the carbon footprint of everything that's gone on. And it's just like you, you said, talked about the tankers. Okay, it brings, it's bringing LNG to the United States. What about the carbon footprint in getting it here? 
And, and I'm not saying I'm not against any form of energy. I'm just saying we have to be realistic and look at the big picture and not the flavor of the month. But, Senator, the planet is getting warmer. We can stop it. It's getting warmer than it ever was. We are melting the poles. The oceans are going up. We can. Uh, I'm not sure. You, I, I, yeah, we you have to be careful this. where you get your information from. Is yeah, that what remember, I bad listen, sources? 1970, <laughs> they were forecasting a mini ice age. Right. The same wackos. In 1970, we're for forecasting a mini ice age. 20 years later, in the 1990s, all of a sudden, we're going to fry. Well, you know, the senator's right. The climate has changed over the centuries and over the millennia, up and down. We've had cold times and warm times, and people have survived, okay? People are pretty adaptable. It's, you know, if the, if, the, if the planet warms by two degrees, it's not going to kill off all the people. Uh, you know, people can adapt. You know, people can live in 100-degree weather and 120-degree weather because they already do. So, you know, it, this is panic. And, you know, Mr. Kerry yesterday said, well, I certainly hope Mr. Putin takes into consideration global warming in his war. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> okay, you know. Well, he's going to use environmentally friendly bombs. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, so, you know, uh, Let's let's think about this. That we've had this cycle, as the senator has has brought up. This cycle has gone on for for millennia. Yeah, but it is getting warmer now, faster than it ever has before in any millennia, and it's because of us. No, well, we have well, more Joe people. Pistart- Joe Pistardi said it's be, it says it's because the sun is going through a cycle where the sun is warmer. <laughs> There's always an outlier. No, no, no. There's, Joe so Pistardi's not alone. There are, there are, he's vastly outnumbered. Come on, folks. Joe Pistardi. Yeah, there, there's, a reason he's, right, there's a reason he's not there anymore. Let's just leave it at that. Do you want to weigh in on this one last time before we're almost to the end of this half hour, though? Uh, no, other than to, to, to say, uh, uh, I, uh, you know, climate change is here. It's, it, it, it's here, and, and we need to deal with it. And we, I think when we look at climate change, we're ignoring some of the real uh, environmental issues that we should be dealing with. I agree. Any uh, environmental experts, any informed energy folks among the gubernatorial candidates that we should to monitor, maybe folks that you've already worked with. I mean, I don't think of Dr. Oz or uh, Lou Barletta as being out front on the energy topic. Um, I'll be very upfront about it. The only one that's reached out to me is uh, Senator Corman. Okay. Uh, one of your good peers. And he, you know, said, I want to sit down and talk about energy. Okay, well, he got widely criticized this week for having stepped up and said that uh, one of the other candidates is out of compliance. Doug Mastriano's out of compliance uh, on the uh, with his reporting. with election laws. Yes. Yeah, I don't so, know any of the details. Yeah, I read the I article. But, uh, well, and I just thought it was funny that Jake Corman got criticized for that, and I thought, well, that these are laws we're all supposed to stick with them. If he, if, if I had $40,000 in January and then uh, in March, suddenly I say, okay, actually in January I had $400,000, it seems to me that that's a violation. But in any way, that, that, yeah, we'll let them resolve yeah, that. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about anybody or talk with anybody about energy. I, I think it's absolutely critical to uh, Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania's economy. 
What, in what way do you dialogue with folks from the RDA? We had mentioned them before. How do you converse with them? I know they uh, they say yeah, they just have... Just recently I was at an event and somebody, uh, one of the RDA people asked me, well, we'd like you to come and talk to us. I, I, it's fine. I don't have any problem in going and talking to them because I tell them the same thing that I say here. Uh, I, you know, show me uh, uh, something that... Uh, just like uh, our room wouldn't, uh, my truck wouldn't be out there, but for the Sunbury Motor Company that's parked out there. So, yeah, I'm driving around in the tuna boat. I better watch myself here. I drive on eco mode, but that only helps a little bit. So, all right, but we are talking about vehicles. Let's suppose uh, saving gasoline is your primary topic, then Echo Sport's the way to go. It's a gasoline motor, but 45 miles to the gallon on the highway. I'm sorry, there's just no other vehicle. Uh, maybe a hybrid or an electric that can do that, but uh, yeah, it's a super vehicle, and it is sporty and fun, and yes, it does have an Echo mode, but you can push another button called Sport, where a screamer that can just take off from the red lights. There's also the Escape, the Edge, uh, the Explorer, Expedition, Rangers, F-150, Broncos, two different sizes, Mustangs, two different types, and a Maverick, an actual small pickup truck. So, yeah, this is crazy. Sunbury Motor Company, sunburymotors.com. Do as I've done. Test out some of the different vehicles there, including the F-350 dump that I drove at about 8 feet. Now they're spreading salt right now, I'll bet. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. WKOK News Time now 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I think I startled our guests here saying we're back on the air. Uh, we invite you to do as I've done. Go to Winternet. Check it out. We have a lot of updates there. We have the Lewisburg Area School District is closed. Their school-age child care is open there. That was inadvertently listed as closed, but that is open at the Lewisburg Area School District. There's a wide range of other updates there as well. On the Mark sponsor for the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us right now. 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword uh, OTM. We do have one email, so we'll read that on the radio in a moment, and uh, we'll let the senator answer that. We have a great guest here today, Gene Yaws here, state senator, 23rd district. Talked about energy and a tiny bit about political candidates and uh, uh, a little bit about climate change a moment ago. But if you have a question for the senator, call us, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarket.wkok.com and text us at 70236. We have some very brief news headlines here. The U.S. Justice Department has filed suit against Pennsylvania court system for discrimination against people with opioid use disorder. Northumberland County is named in the suit. The Justice Department announced Thursday that the Unified Judicial System of Pennsylvania 
violated the Americans with Disabilities Act when uh, they uh, disallowed several individuals to continue through the court system while enjoying medications that were prescribed because of opioid disorder medication. They say that's a violent, a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. The soon-to-be-vacant country cupboard shops are open for business now but are set to close this Saturday. Also today, uh, there's no update, no significant update on who the next owner will be. Matt Catrillo has that information. WKOK spoke with Chris Baylor, CEO of Baylor Ham Industries, who said there is outside interest in the property, but he did not indicate who was interested. He noted multiple hospitals are interested. Evangelical Community Hospital President and CEO Kendra Auker tells WKOK the hospital is one of, quote, a host of others, including businesses and commercial developers, expressing interest in the sprawling property along Route 15. Baylor says what's not true is interest from Shady Maple, a large restaurant chain in the Lancaster area. False rumors were circulating that the company was going to open in the old country cupboard building. Baylor says the company is going to take its time to make a decision on the future of the property. Baylor says after Country Cupboard closes this Saturday, an auctioneer is coming next week to catalog the leftover items. Then, he said, there will be an online auction of leftover merchandise, equipment, and other items. He says the tentative start date is for March 7th, and an announcement will be made on the company website and social media platforms. Matt Catrillo, News Radio 1070, WKOK. Another candidate dropping out of the crowded field for the GOP nomination for Pennsylvania governor, Guy Ciarochi, who stepped down as president and CEO of the Chester County Chamber of Business and Industry to run, said Thursday he is ending his campaign. That leaves about a dozen candidates running for state senator and a, a dozen candidates or so running for Pennsylvania on the Republican uh, ticket. Uh, so far, a slow start to the trucker convoy that started in Scranton when they left granted just one tractor trailer and a half dozen pickup trucks. Bob Bolas says trouble is a lot of the truck drivers, well, quite frankly, they are working and can't participate in uh, showy protests. So he says by the time they get to Washington, he does anticipate there will be hundreds of uh, trucks on board that. Uh, CBS reporting that sea ice is at a record low in Antarctica. A big surprise for scientists. They studied the sea ice for four decades. Satellite images show ice now... Uh, covers about 750,000 square miles around the coast, down from the previous record of 815,000 miles, square miles of sea ice from 2017. Scientists will work to figure out what has led to the change over the next few months. Okay. Opioid use disorder. I say Department of Justice files suit with the Pennsylvania court system for discrimination. A lot more can be said about that. Uh, Senator Yaw. Uh, yeah, as uh, I chair an organization called the Center for Rural Pennsylvania, which is a bipartisan, bicameral uh, agency of the state legislature, and its uh, mission or charge is to study issues affecting rural Pennsylvania. And about, I guess, eight years ago, we started looking into the issue of heroin addiction in rural Pennsylvania and how it affected rural Pennsylvania. Well, I, obviously after we got involved in it. And I think the Center for Rural Pennsylvania was the first uh, uh, agency of, or state entity of any kind that really started to look into it. We found out that, I mean, it's a statewide issue. It's a national issue. But uh, this particular lawsuit, it's really interesting. Uh, I read uh, a 
couple weeks ago where the Department of Justice uh, came out and accused uh, the Pennsylvania court system of uh, violating uh, individuals' rights uh, by uh, in probation was one of them that the, when a person, an addict was on probation, there's a program called medication assisted treatment. And there are several medications out there, methadone, buprenorphine, uh, Vivitrol, uh, that offset drug addiction or uh, you, it, it's substituting one drug but it allows you to function. And there are many, many people out there that have that. And what the probation departments were doing is saying, okay, if you're on probation, you have to be clean. You cannot use any of these drugs. That would be like telling a diabetic, you cannot use insulin. It, it makes no sense at all in the whole scheme if you talk to anybody about the benefits of medication-assisted treatment. Well, there were programs that were saying to people, you have to give up your drugs. Uh, you cannot use these, and some of them were prescribed by doctors. And so that's the basis of this lawsuit. And I don't think there's any question about it. That was happening in Pennsylvania. There are still people that, that uh, don't agree that with medication-assisted treatment. I think it's a, uh, it's a real plus. And uh, a lot of that, I have doctor friends that uh, prescribe some of these medications. And if it is something that allows a person to have a job, have a family, go to church, do all the normal things, it's no different than uh, anybody with any kind of a, a, another problem, whether it's blood pressure or whatever. I have to take thyroid medicine every day. If somebody took it away from me, I, I mean, I'd die. So it, it, it's like you can't wean people off of it. That's not the way to go. Because one of the problems with the drug addiction is that everybody is, there's no cookie cutter approach. Everybody is affected differently. And this is one of the issues, just like energy or just like some, just like the hellbenders or whatever you want to call it. My, my favorite amphibian. Right. <laughs> Name another one. <laughs> Come on. See, there you go. It's all there is. But, uh, but you took the opioid crisis extremely personally as it really uh, grew. I, I I don't know. I I mean I get involved in things that uh, you know that, that that I think are of interest to my constituents. And uh, the first hearing that we had, I will never forget. It. I mean the way it, the whole thing came about is somebody came to, one another senator came to me on the Senate floor and said, "Could you use the Center for Rural Pennsylvania as a vehicle to look into this problem?" And that's how I got started. And the first hearing we had, we had in Williamsport only because Lycoming County had a drug task force and they had been looking into the heroin problem uh, already. And so we had a hearing at the uh, Williamsport Hospital. And I mean, it's one of those things, we planned it for three hours. It lasted five. And it, would, it didn't take somebody to hit me over the head with a two before to figure out I think that there's a real problem here, and with that community of interest, and I think since then we've had 15 hearings throughout virtually every corner of Pennsylvania. Uh, we have another one scheduled in, in, in a couple of weeks uh, to look into the follow-up 
what's been going on, uh, one of the things that eight years ago when we started into this problem, there were uh, around 4,000 deaths of drug overdoses every year in Pennsylvania. We now have somewhere between 4,500 and 5,000 every every year. Uh, the national average was about, we thought 70,000 was a horrendous number. Uh, the latest numbers I've heard last year, we had over, a, I think it's 105,000 drug overdose deaths in the United States. So it, it it's become more of a problem. It's probably exacerbated by uh, uh, what happened with COVID and people being shut in and they couldn't get treatment and there's a whole litany of problems that go with it but the problem is still out there and and to have the United States say we're losing a hundred thousand people a year I mean, it's not, we've got to really, I, I think, get down and, and really get down in the weeds and start talking seriously about it. Talking to State Senator Gene Yaw, if anybody has a question or observation, this is a town hall, open house. John Shipman is our co-host today, and Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer, Matt Catrillo's out there clackety-clacking on the computer, so we appreciate that. We can talk about the topic of your selection. Uh, back on energy, one of our listeners says, what can we as citizens do to end our energy problems quickly. We do vote. If that's the only answer, I've lost hope. Is there anything else? What can we do as citizens to end our energy problems quickly? Oh, she has to add that quickly in there. That's the clincher. But anyway, Senator. I don't know. The only thing I would do is say contact your uh, senators and representatives and tell them, you you know, you want to, I'm hoping what you're saying is you want to support Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania energy. Uh, I, I am so enthusiastic about what Pennsylvania could be. Uh, we could be a leader, actually a leader in the United States or actually a leader in the world. Uh, and we don't act like that. One of the things that I, I will tell you that uh, I'm, uh, we're introducing a, a resolution uh, to send to uh, President Biden, uh, the uh, Wayne Langerholt, Senator Langerholt, the uh, uh, chair of the Transportation Committee, uh, and I are going to co-prime sponsor a, a resolution to send to President Biden to uh, re- open up the Keystone Pipeline negotiations and, and, and operation again. Uh, we've got to do it. I, I mean, the United States has all these, all this energy here, but environmentally, oh no, we can't do that. We, we can't mine uh, because that's bad. Well, okay, uh, who's going to do the mining then? Well, let, let Africa and China do it, and then we'll buy the product. But we, we, we have you know, this idea that if we're not doing it, then that makes us better people. Well, actually, it may make us worse because we're promoting uh, problems in other parts of the world or pollution in other parts of the world. One of our listeners sends a note, says, Senator Yaw, do you support raising the amount of bonds oil and gas companies have to issue in order to guarantee Pennsylvania taxpayers aren't saddled with environmental cleanup costs when the wells are abandoned? I can answer this one. 
they're already significantly bonded beyond recognition. Uh, they complain about it all the time. But they, to that they end, are bonded. We'll let the senator. Uh, what I would tell uh, <laughs> the uh, person that sent that in, we have bills. What we're trying to do is apply the same type of bonding requirements to wind and solar. Uh, when you have a you know a hundred acre solar array out right. there at the end of 25 years, who's going to clean it up? Right. Or you have these windmills. Uh, the windmills, uh, I, you know, there's 90 tons of steel in them, 45 tons of uh, not recyclable plastic, and 2,500 tons of concrete. What do you do with that? How do you? Do, uh, who takes care of it? The landowner? And and we have bills out there to uh, make it the same or to make them comparable to the same as the coal miners would use or, or aggregate miners or or the bonding for uh, uh, the gas wells. Or nuclear power plant. I remember that in Berwick during the licensing phase, the yeah. ridiculous level of bonding that goes into that. All right. Thank you for the question. Other questions for Senator Yarl? Call us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. You can text us as one individual has done, and that's sent to 70236 with the keyword OTM. We will be right back. Conventions of States is next. We're going to get the thumbnail sketch from John, and then the senator is going to talk about his support or opposition. We'll find out very shortly. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Rare opportunity, any guest stays for 90 minutes, but Senator Yaw agreed to it in part so we could have the conversation we just had for the first half hour about energy. Didn't even get to Reggie, and that's a whole other uh, can of worms, but he did address that a month ago when he was here. But we did talk about climate, we did talk about the outdoors, and he certainly is an environmentalist at heart, and so <laughs> he tries to keep that in mind. Well, we were talking about batteries. I'm sorry, that's probably the single most environmentally degradating thing we could use is just use batteries for anything so all right well to be continued convention of states the thumbnail sketch please john just one thing quick sure your battery says please recycle your bat you know all the little flashlight battery please recycle no they don't where do you recycle them at <laughs> landfill <laughs> yeah let's talk about convention of states you know that that that's something that i believe in uh convention of states is moving along uh, we have 17 states that have passed uh, through both houses um, the resolution. The resolution says basically this, that the Convention of States will be called once 34 states approve it. The governor cannot veto it. Uh, 
the there are three things that will be on the agenda. Number one is reducing the the power and scope of the federal government. Number two, reducing the cost of the federal government. Number three, term limits of 12 years, expected to be 12 years, for uh, federal uh, Congress people and senators. So that, um, you know, we, we, we look at people who are 90 years old and have been in the U.S. Senate for 45 years, and we're thinking, you know, what's wrong with this? Well, uh, you know, if they, if they were an average person when they got there, they're multimillionaires by the time they leave 30 years that, later. That is cool. So, how does that happen? Uh, just That's amazing, especially on a hundred and forty or fifty thousand dollar a year salary. So, uh, so far, 17 states have passed it. Uh, we have active uh, uh, work going on in uh, in uh, 17 more states. Uh, in some cases, it's passed one house uh, and is waiting for the other. Uh, for instance, uh, Kansas House, the Federal and State Affairs Committee passed the resolution uh, on Wednesday, uh, 14 to 8 bipartisan vote. Uh, it's been passed. Uh, the South Carolina Senate Judiciary passed the COS resolution, 14 to 8 vote. It will move to the full Senate. If the full Senate approves it, South Carolina will become the 15th state. Maryland, one of the bluest states, uh, Senate Committee on Education, Health, and Environment Affairs are going to hold a, me a meeting. Uh, in uh, Massachusetts, one of the bluest states in the, in the nation, uh, it has passed out of uh, the House Committee. So uh, it's, it's something I think that the people need. 64% of Pennsylvania voters in a recent poll say that they think this will be a good thing. We need to rein in the power of the federal government. All so right. I've said my piece, and uh, <laughs> Senator, um, I'm, I'm interested in what you have to say. And there's only one right answer under these circumstances. So, go. Well, oh, oh, yeah, under these circumstances. Uh, no, I do not support the Convention of the States. Uh, we get a lot of emails about it, uh, and we get a lot of emails both ways, both pro and con. Uh, I have a standard response that I send out, uh, send out to uh, everybody who says we should do it. And, and basically it's this. There has never been a Convention of the States that has uh, done any amendments to, to our Constitution or anything. It's never been done. So uh, the way that it is in the interpretation uh, that legal scholars put on it is that the rules of the Convention of the States will be determined by Congress. So if Congress makes the rules, that means then Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are going to make the rules for this. There is also a requirement in the Constitution you cannot have people commit that they will absolutely follow whatever the state wants them to do. They're an independent person. So once they get there and Nancy and Chuck Schumer make the rules, I can guarantee you that the first issue that's going to come up is gun control. I, you know, but you can't address that. That's not what they're sent to do. It has a limited that, that, agenda. That you cannot. The rule, the the legal interpretations are you cannot restrict what they do. That was tried one time in the United States, and I think the the date is right, 1787. The we were going to revise the uh, Articles of Confederation, and 
that was the they had similar language in there that we're just going to meet for this limited purpose guess what came out of that the u.s constitution they completely threw them out and rewrote it i am not willing in my my position and i understand that people i read the emails and i understand the federal government may be it may be out of control and they're doing things that we aren't approving when i say we the more conservative people but I am not willing to roll the dice without any history whatsoever that this is the right way to go. Okay, John. Well, I respect your position. I want to say one thing about the seventeen the the uh, seventeen eighty seven convention. The Articles of Confederation, which they were operating under, was an unworkable situation. There was no president. Uh, what we had is a federal Congress. Uh, the states sent representatives there to try to iron things out, but we had no, we had no uh, federal um, uh, administration. We'd never had a president until after the Constitution in 1789. It is not true that they went there to, uh, to amend the Articles of Confederation. Everybody by that time had agreed that the Articles of Confederation were an unworkable system of government and they needed something different. Uh, the, the, the people who are opposed to the Convention of States have made up this story that uh, the, the people going there uh, in 1787 were going there to, to redo the Articles of Confederation. And I'm, I'm pretty strong on history, and I, I can tell you that they really understood that, that the Articles of Confederation were way too weak and had no power. I understand the senator's concern. Uh, I've shared that concern in the past. Um, I, I really believe that uh, as I've studied this and so forth, the, that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer won't make the rules. Uh, all, the House, uh, all the House has to do, once they have 34 states, all the House and Senate do is approve and they have to approve it. They can't disapprove it. All they have to do is approve the, the uh, Convention of States. They have no say in the agenda. They have no say in how it will be conducted. Uh, all they, all the, the House can, can do, which is mandated, is the House must uh, establish the, the uh, Convention of States. But they cannot send the agenda. That sounds like a, you know, the beginnings of a huge lawsuit, which is going to go to the Supreme Court, and that's going to say whether you can or can't do something. And I, I remember, you remember when Justice Kavanaugh was uh, confirmed, or his confirmation? Oh, yeah. At the time, the Republicans uh, controlled both houses in the, uh, the federal legislature. That turned into such a show that, you know, we almost <laughs> yeah, thank you. yeah almost lost control of that whole thing as a result of the, you know, and that, that should have been something, oh, yeah, that's absolutely set. We have a majority in the House. We have a majority in, this, in the Senate. And, you know, Justice Kavanaugh was on the brink of, of not making it. And I, you know... I, it's just things like that that happen with the legislature. You know, when you say, well, the House can't do this. Well, what if they do it? They're going to do it. Nancy Pelosi's going to do it. you dead set against this, or you'll give it a fair hearing when the time comes? Right now, I'm dead set against it. 
Is there a Republican Party uh, opposed to it as well? We we have just lukewarm responses from our local legislators. You know, to tell you the truth, I don't know. Okay. I, I mean, this is one of those things heard. where I, I form my own opinion. Uh, and John, I'll be happy. I'll, I'll send you some of the e- or an email that I get uh, in opposition, which I've read them all, and it. I just mm-hmm. tell people, here's the way it is, and. I'm personally against it. I think that people just need to know what they're risking. And the fact that 64% of the people may say, oh, yeah, we need to fix the federal government. Okay, I'd like to know how the question was asked. John, you're talking to the guy that voted no on municipal radar and sat it. That's okay. And, and listen, I, I respect the senator, and, I, and, and he's being honest. Um, I can tell you, I went to the, the House hearing two years ago, and the people that were there that opposed it were the Gun, a gun Owners Association and the John Birch Society. And the spokesperson for that side was Phyllis Schlafly's son, who was a member of the John Birch Society. And I, I talked to those people afterwards, and I said, what's your, what's your objection to this? And I got exactly the same response that I just got from the senator, that this is going to be a runaway convention, and once they get there, they're going to be do all things, and, they're gonna, and the first thing they're going to do is go after the Second Amendment. That's same argument that I heard two years ago in Harrisburg after the hearing was held. And I'm a, I'm a gun owner, okay? I, you know I'm a You'd gun owner. You'd be sensitive and, to that. And I certainly would not be in favor of any change to the Second Amendment or the First Amendment. But the fact is that that the left is already changing the First and Second Amendment, uh, and we need to protect those. And just to say uh, I'm against it, uh, what are we doing to actively protect the First Amendment, which includes the right of free speech, which we have are losing rapidly, and the right uh, of uh, to to gather in our churches, which is under attack, and the First and Second Amendment are under attack by the left, and anybody that says they aren't just isn't paying attention. So they got to be strengthened by a runaway government. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, speaking of guns, are you going 45 caliber on your commemorative rifle? That's one of the one I'm picking. So. <laughs> And son, there's going to be a Henry is going to make a, conser- a a commemorative rifle for Sunbury's 250. Yeah, we anniversary. already talked about it on the air. I'm going 45 caliber. Okay, what about I you? Think I'll do the 22. Yeah, no, 22. Okay, he's plinking and I'm blasting. We'll have to tell you about this off mic. Sunbury semi quincentennial has a commemorative rifle, Henry rifle that they're going to sell. I've seen those. So yeah, that's going to happen. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. This is an open house. You've listened to a lot of good opinions, and if you would like to participate in the discussion, call us right now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. You can do as two individuals have done, and that's text us at 70236. When we come back, we're going to talk about another critical need that has to happen in Pennsylvania, election reform. The senator has talked about this a little bit on the news line. Time for him to talk about what we got to do. We can't get it all done, but we have to do some things without fail in the years ahead. So we'll talk to him about that. We'd love to include your call, 1-800-795-9565. All right, we got five topics on the lightning round, and uh, one of our listeners sends us an email. So we'll open up the emails. Do you think the 2020 vote for Joe Biden should have been sent to the House of Representatives to vote on, or that the state house should have sent a different set of electors? Senator Yaw. 
Do you think the 2020 vote for Joe Biden in 2020 should have been sent to the House of Representatives in Congress to vote on, or should the State House have sent a different set of electors? Uh, the, the State House didn't, didn't not have a choice as to what to do. We I uh, forget the year of the election law as to how the delegates were cho were chosen. I think it's 1937. Okay, so the same set is the, is the correct And, okay. you know, we made that, that rule. Uh, there's a U.S. Supreme Court uh, case that says uh, the local legislature or the state legislature determines the rules as to how delegates are selected. We made that choice back in 1937. And the, the governor, you know, whether you agree with him or not, he followed what the law was that we in Pennsylvania had adopted in 1937. We had no authority to change it at that point. Right. So okay. maybe we all disagree or partially disagree with the outcome. That's what it was. Okay, thank you. Uh, do you think the election of the highest judges in Pennsylvania uh, should be done by districts and subsequently subject to political gerrymandering? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it should be districts. Uh, I, uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court j uh, Justice represents all of Pennsylvania. Uh, right. I think it makes it more political when you have them by district. Do you believe that the large population of humans on Earth and their activities cannot alter the climate in such ways as to cause serious coastal flooding and other effects just as serious? Do you believe the large population of humans on the Earth and their activities cannot alter the climate? No, I believe that they can alter the climate. Okay. All right. Uh, what new proposed gun laws have been introduced in Harrisburg? And <laughs> none that are going to get through, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, there was one, a uh, constitutional right to carry uh, that uh, oh. uh, it, it passed and it was vetoed. All right. Uh, but, you know, uh, open carry uh, without a permit. I go one step. I like mandatory carry. Everybody's <laughs> got to carry. But nobody likes that idea, and Linda Schlegel-Culver won't even discuss it. So you know, <laughs> you know that's interesting. You know, Switzerland has uh, uh, everybody thinks that Switzerland is this peaceful place, and Switzerland is really interesting. They have a, a universal military service, and guess what? When you get out of the military, you keep your gun. Right. Okay. Another listener says, "Remember, there's more natural gas release or more gas released during an emission from a sun flare than happens in a year across the planet." Uh, Diane, you are on the mark, and the state senator Jean Yaw can hear you. Go right ahead. All right. Good morning, Senator Yaw, and thank you for taking this call. Good morning. You, you chair the Center for Rural Pennsylvania. And their most recent attitudinal survey of Pennsylvanians found that 54.8% of rural Pennsylvanians think that renewable energy holds the greatest promise for addressing Pennsylvania's energy demands in the next five years. Only 15% said the same thing about natural gas. So my question is, uh, why are you fixated on supporting the gas industry rather than renewables? Uh, I am not fixated on, on the gas industry. I would just say that most people do not understand how much natural gas is produced in Pennsylvania. 
and our you know that we're the number two producer in the United States uh, and if I'm not mistaken I think that 30 some percent of the natural gas uh, that's used in the United States comes out of Pennsylvania I guarantee you that if I ask uh, the general population out there how many people know that uh, they, they don't realize it uh, I'm not fixated on uh, on the gas industry you cannot have anything that any renewables without fossil fuel and specifically the gas industry is gas natural gas is used in virtually everything that you touch see or eat every day right. Diane any follow-up uh, I know I think okay. the, uh, I think Senator John needs to pay more attention to people's real wish for renewable energy and I'd like to, to see him include that more in his Center for Rural Well, I here's my question: What what do you mean by renewable energy? You mean windmills and and uh, uh, solar panels, or what's what's renewable? Yes, those are those are renewable, and there may be other uh, technologies down the pipeline that are. How renewable. how how do you think solar panels are made? How how are windmills made? Uh, well, I I am not familiar with the technology. Is there? What are you referring to? The materials in them? Uh, yeah. How do you think the materials? You, you you talk about renewable energy and not focusing on natural gas, but to build those items that you're talking about is it takes a carbon footprint and and actually natural gas is required to manufacture all of those products that you talked about. That's you know that's true. I recognize that's true for the automobile industry that is making the transition to energy uh, produced by uh, natural sources, renewable sources. But um, what's a renewable I source? If you're, I'm I not sure if what that is. You're familiar with the large solar display at Susquehanna University. They have a, a solar uh, installation. Uh, on the border of the campus that's providing, I think, almost 50% of the energy. Um, uh, it's worth looking into. All right, we got you, Diane. Thank you so much. Yeah, the <laughs> senator heard your observation. One of our listeners says, Mark, I like your idea about every law-abiding citizen being mandate to carry open. So, all right. Well, even well, even law, uh, even outlaws would have to carry. Anyway, uh, another individual says, looking at Ukraine and them scrambling to give their citizens guns to defend their country from Russian aggression, Second Amendment's never been important, more important in the U.S. Election reform in Pennsylvania. What do we absolutely got to somehow get past a governor or through a voter referendum, whatever it takes? Well, I think <laughs> what happened uh, last year or this, this uh, a year ago, um, the House and the Senate put together a bill that was based on numerous hearings that were held in both, both chambers. And those hearings they talk to the election officials, the actual, the people, the boots on the ground people that knew what the issues were and what the problems were. As a result of that, they put together a bill which had a lot of features in it. It moved the the registration or, or the filing 
for an absentee ballot back so that there was more time. Uh, it clarified the, the days, the, the counting days, when you could start counting. Uh, it, it had issues uh, clarifying drop boxes, or, which, which all of these things were made up. Um, you know, and I'd like to mention a little bit about Act 77, which uh, provided for mail-in balloting or, or mail-in voting. It wasn't what was in Act 77 that caused the problems. As we've discussed here, what caused the problems were the things that the administration added or didn't follow or, at, like I said, added, and then they were all approved by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Right. That's our problem. It's not Act 77. It's what the what the administration added. So the things that I, I said, and we also had a provision in the bill that went through the legislature about voter ID. Voter ID just blows my mind. I mean, why anybody would oppose voter ID, and, and I hear it from... Uh, Main, mainly from my Democratic colleagues saying, well, you know, we have people that uh, it's hard for them to get a voter ID. Well, if you know somebody that does not have, I don't know anybody that doesn't have an ID, but if they know somebody that doesn't have an ID, then maybe it's their obligation to help them get one, find out how to get one. And you would include in a bill assistance, either through your office or somebody else to help That would be everybody. fine. That would okay. be absolutely fine. And I think that the, the bill had all kind of minimal requirements in order to get some kind of an ID free. Like a utility bill or something was one of them. Yes, was it was. There. And it was free at no cost. Because voter ID was in there, the governor vetoed the bill. Now, my understanding, there's another bill now in the House is where it started that is, you know, if we, if he had not had vetoed it, we could have had it in, in place in the last general election. All right, we're just about out of time. So what else on election reform? ID's part of it. ID, voter uh, drop boxes, uh, the uh, uh, time period for register or for applying for a, an absentee ballot or a no-excuse ballot, move that back so that there's no rush right at the, at the end, and it's a problem with mailing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to speed up the lightning round to lightning speed, legalizing recreational pot, selling the LCB system, and one of our listeners says a note, says, what about Sunday hunting? So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> sure. Are you okay, buddy? You ready? <laughs> okay. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay. 
talk about All right, lightning round. Should we sell the PLCB system? This is going to come up on voter referenda in just uh, <laughs> two short years from now. Uh, sell the PLCB, downside it, tear it apart, whatever? Uh, I, I have no problems in, in privatizing it. Uh, you, you know, there's a significant pushback from the labor uh, unions. That's that's where it comes from all, all the time. So it may very well depend on who the next governor is. All right. Uh, do you support any of the candidates for governor in Pennsylvania? I have not really supported, uh, uh, you know, anyone in particular. I told you that uh, I've talked to uh, uh, Senator Corman because he asked me about uh, energy. Okay. Uh, and I'm willing to talk to anybody that uh, uh, wants to talk about energy. You saw Dr. Oz kissing his Hollywood star of fame uh, the other week. Are you a big Dr. Oz supporter on the Senate race? Uh, That's half joking. not 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 particularly okay. So uh, Lou Barletta, you're a Lou Barletta fan? Uh, no, I I, I mean I'm not a real fan of anyone at this point. Doug Mastriano's made nasty eyes at you on more than one occasion. Do you like him at all? No, okay. I don't think he has. We're both veterans, and uh, actually Doug sits right in front of me on the floor. You uh, haven't had the Mastriano sneer. No. Oh my God! Everybody else has. Okay. Well, you know, I'm a military army, army but army vet. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Legalizing recreational pot. What's the status of that? We just have a couple moments here. Uh, I, uh, you know, I I never thought I would be in favor of uh, medical marijuana, and that's uh, gone along fairly well. Uh, I I think. Unfortunately, I think that we're being pushed into the position of, based on what surrounding states are doing, we eventually are going to have to go with some regulated recreational marijuana. You'll probably acquiesce to that when the time comes, if the right bill comes along. Yes. Okay. Uh, Sunday hunting. Why not hunt every single Sunday that the season is open? Uh, I agree. Okay. Uh, I, I uh, uh, for years I bought a hunting license in New York. New York has had uh, New York of all places has had Sunday hunting for I don't know thirty years or something like that. And uh, I, I used to, when I went up there on a Sunday and I saw all these pickup trucks sitting in, in in the woods and I thought I can't figure out what's going on on a Sunday and it finally dawned on me that they have Sunday hunting. Right, and folks, yeah, I know a lot of guys that do that. Uh, we have got to t regulate and tax games of skill. Agree or disagree? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. The games of skill people themselves say that uh, they need to be regulated and taxed and that we're passing up probably... $300 million a year in taxes that could be uh, earned off the games of skill. All right. Another listener, more so for me, says opponents of voter ID are showing their soft bigotry of low expectations. Yeah, thank you, George H.W. Bush, for that quote. Another listener says the Swiss have strict gun laws about training and retraining and guns and ownership and types of guns, and they keep track of guns. So I guess the playing field is not 100% equal. And another listener says give Pennsylvania supplies 30% uh, of gas. Why is it that gas prices are going up? Mine went up $30 this month. Oh, natural gas prices are going up. If we have all this natural gas, well, it's a global market. I can answer that. It is a global market. Yeah, it doesn't a really Absolutely. That's what's from. happening. And uh, as we said, uh, what, what happens in the Ukraine is going to affect us here. All right. We're going to give you both a minute. How about that? We'll start with Senator Yaw, an additional minute. 
Um, I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to interact with uh, uh, your, your you as a host and your co-host and everything. I think that uh, that's uh, really uh, strengthens our whole uh, uh, political system. And uh, as I've said many, many times, I don't consider myself to be a politician. I consider myself to be a legislator. And uh, as we've talked about, I mean, we uh, can uh, disagree and we can do that in a civil way. And uh, I told my constituents for years, if you uh, think that you uh, elected me to be a bobblehead legislator and just go and then spout the party line uh, in Harrisburg, uh, that you have the wrong person. I, I like to think that uh, I look at issues, try to study them, and figure out what's the best for my constituents. All right. Some of your answers were wrong, though, and that's all we'll say about yeah, that. Yeah, well. <laughs> John, anything to add to our great I, I don't. It's been a delight to have the senator here, and uh, I've certainly enjoyed the, the time we've spent together. I very much respect him. He, he's a thinking guy, and, and uh, he takes a, a, a rational approach to legislation, and uh, we need more of that. You think we could change his mind on Convention of States? I'll have to work <laughs> on that. <laughs> I'll it's work a, on your, too. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a tall mountain, but uh, we can surpass it. All right. 23rd District. State Senator Gene Yaw, thank you so much. You carved out. You have a busy Friday. Thank you. And we really appreciate you coming in. John Shipman has a busy day, too, always, on every day. Always a pleasure, Martin. Thank you so much for coming in. Rob Center carved out hours and hours to take fabulous care of us this week, so we really appreciate that. Thank you. And Matt Catrillo keeps texting me, so thank you, sir. That's somehow helping the team, somehow. You're all listening to News Radio 1070 WDK OK Sunbury. <laughs>